Okay, good afternoon everyone. Bruch HaMabahim to the uh, second shear, but really the first shear of the International Shimru Program. Um, I say the first shear because uh, we started with Bishel, but now we're going back to the first Malacha, which is Zoyreya. And I want to thank, thank uh, Rabbi Brett. We have his mother with us. So, kalakavod to the good rabbi for uh, organizing this international learning program. I see just on my screen, we have uh, Yidin from London and Puerto Rico and Muncie. And yeah, Joe, I didn't forget about you and Kew Garden Hills also. And um, Jonathan, I see you. You're in uh, Eretz Yisrael, Atlit, right? I think so. I think that's what you said. Yeah. That's right. And uh, Mr. Finlay, where do you live? I don't know. I don't. I'm... Manchester, Manchester, England. Manchester, beautiful. That's the only people I see on my screen right now. I get a few more. Um, I see Maryland and um, Shalom Aleichem. And welcome everyone. Okay, so we're going to begin with the Malacha of Zoyreya. And I want to remind everyone you can catch us here on Tony Time and on podcast and on Shas Illuminated. Now. Here is, uh, I'm sure you remember my little mnemonic from last week, which was the way to remember that Hilchus Bishol is in Shin Yerches, Kitsoid, Siach, Sarfe, you know, Koidesh. Shin Yerches is the holy fire. Now, you'll never forget this one. And I'll tell you, I, I was breaking my head over this one. Shin Lamid Vav. Simon Shin Lamid Vav are the halachos of Zoyreya planting. Shin Lamed Vav. You ready for this? Shin could be interchanged with sin. Seed, liability, violation. Shin, Lamed, Vav. Seed, liability, violation. Or this one is even better. Seed, liquid, violation. Either planting or watering. Okay? So this way you'll never forget. Shin, Lamed, Vav. Seed, liquid, violation. Now here's the issue with um, planting. You take a seed, you put it in the ground. Okay, what do you do? You didn't do anything. Because the Gemara says in Rosh Hashanah, Daf Yudam and Psachim Non Heyam Aleph, that a seed takes minimum three days to germinate. So if I were to put a seed in the earth, and then a minute later pick it up, then I didn't do anything at all. So what exactly is the malacha of planting? Because if it takes three days for the seed to germinate, then... What's wrong? I put it in the ground on Shabbos. Nothing happens. Nothing's happening till Tuesday. So what am I doing wrong? I'm allowed to, I'm allowed to plant on Tuesday. I'm allowed to do malach on Tuesday. So what exactly is a malach, malach of Zriya? Am I actually chayiv immediately when I put a seed in the ground if it doesn't germinate for three days? Comes min chaschinoch in mitzvah reish tzadi hey. Now how do you remember that hilcha Shabbos is reish tzadi hey in the min chaschinoch? Kivam Ratsa, Ratsa, Reisadi Hey. Okay. The Minchas Chinuch says that, you see, I would have thought that um, Zriya should be a Malacha, like all Malachas, all Malachas. Let's say, for example, I harvest, I cut a plant. So the act of cutting it and the goal and the objective of having the plant cut, be cut happens simultaneously. Or, for example, I... Um, I thresh, I winnow, I tie a knot. So the act of tying the knot and the knot's being, and the result of it being a knot happens simultaneously. 
So the Minchas Chinuch says it's the same exact thing with planting. The moment I put the seed in the ground, I'm chayiv, even if it never germinates. Even if a minute later I pick it up and I take it out of the ground, I'm still chayiv. I, nothing ever happened. So what nothing happened? Like all malachos, the malacha takes place immediately when I put it into the ground. In fact, the Minchas Chinuch compares it to somebody who writes. Let's say on Shabbos I write... Uh, Apple, A-P-P-L-E, and then a minute later I erase it. Am I chayiv? Of course I'm chayiv. Well, what do you mean I erased it immediately? So what, I erased it immediately? It doesn't matter. You, at, There was a moment that you wrote, and at that moment it was written. The fact that you erased it is, um, it's irrespective. So too when it comes to planting. If I put the seed in the ground, even if I pull it out a minute later, even if I intended to pull it out a minute later, the moment I put it in the ground, I am chayev, says the Minchas Chinuch. However, most achroinim disagree. The Rashash in Masech Shabbos says, planting is put, in other words, according to Minchas Chinuch, it's something that has the potential, something that has the potential to germinate, whether it will or, or won't, is uh, irrespective. No, the uh, opinion of the Rashash is planting is exactly like baking. What's the halacha if I put dough in the in the oven on Shabbos? And then a minute later I said, you know, why would I do such a silly thing? Why would I want to desecrate the Shabbos? Let me quickly take it out of the oven. The Gemara in Shabbos says I'm putter. Why am I putter? Because nothing ever happened, even though I put it in an oven. But the objective of of, of baking is not putting it in the oven. It's putting it there so it can bake, and if it never bakes, I'm not going to be chayiv. Well, says the Rashash, the same way, if it never bakes, I'm not going to be chayiv, so too if I put something in the ground and it never germinates, I won't be chayiv. Meaning, if you put a seed in the ground, and a minute later you pull it out of the ground, you retroactively render your maisa uh, null and void, and you do not violate Shabbos. However, if that seed remains in the ground for three days, then retroactively you'll be chayiv for putting in the ground on Shabbos. In other words, there's a, a fundamental machloikis between the Minchas Chinuch and the Rashash. How do you view planting? The Minchas Chinuch says it's the, the mere act of putting a seed in a place where it could germinate, even if it never will, and you're going to stop in the middle, it doesn't matter. The opinion of the Rashash is, no, it's not to put it in a, a place where it could germinate, a, to put in a place where it will germinate, and when it does germinate, then you are retroactively chayiv. Now, the opinion of the Maharam, Maharam ben Chaviv is like the Rashash, that planting is exactly like baking, and this is the opinion of Rabbi Yosef, and this is also the opinion of the Mishnah Bura. The Mishnah Bura writes explicitly, I believe in Simon Shin Lamed Vav and Lamed Gimel, that if you throw a seed in a ground and then three days later it germinates, then retroactively you'll be chayef for putting the seed in the ground. Now, um, for those of you tuning in today, Shir, um, if you've signed up for the webinar, then you'll be getting the Mara Makoimais. And in this wonderful booklet of Mara Makoimais, it's brought over here from Rav Nissen Karelitz that there is a way to reconcile these two uh, ways of viewing planting. However, 
The simple way of uh, looking at it, which is the way that Rabbi Vadi Yosef looks at it, is that these ways are not reconcilable. And uh, that's how we're going to view it. The Mishnabura, Lamaisa, comes out that the way we view the Malacha planting is putting something in the ground, your Chayiv, so long as ultimately it germinates. If you are so lucky that a wind comes along and blows the seed away, or it never germinates, you will not be Chayiv on Shabbos. Okay. That is our introduction. We move on to the third sheet over here, and let's just try to get clear. What are the Avois, what are the Todois, and what are the Drabanans? The Avois of Zria is someone who plants a seed, someone who plants a tree, someone who bends the branch of a vine or a tree into the ground so that another shoot grows. That is called Mavrech, or Markiv, one who grafts. If you graft a uh, branch of one tree onto another tree, or somebody who prunes a tree, pruning is something that, although it promotes growth, all of these activities are considered an av malacha of zuriya. Okay, now what are, what is considered a tolda? A tolda is somebody who does an act to a tree or a brush or something that's growing that contributes to its growth, but not in the same way that of the above mentioned ways. So, for example, if you water a tree, if you water a plant, these are all taldois of zuriya. And even if you water it just a little bit, now we're going to see there might be a shear. So for example, I'll just speak out, um, back in the day, spitting was a big pastime. People enjoyed spitting. If one were to spit in a garden, would that be zriya? So this is halacha Rabbi Ribiad in his book writes, um, yes, spitting is considered zriya. It is considered planting even though very little comes out, but like the Rambam says, you're chayiv b'koshu, even a tiny bit of watering, you are chayiv. However, if you look in the Dershu Mishnabura, they bring from Rav Nissen Karelitz that actually it would be permitted to spit in the grass on Shabbos. And here's the following rationale. First of all, very little liquid comes out, and that that um, even though there is no shear, and even a little bit of watering is prohibited, but that amount is so negligible, that would not be considered a problem. Furthermore, it is not anyone's kavana to be irrigating their field using their spittle. Anybody who, that is their intention, first of all, then they actually, then they wouldn't be able to do it, and then they should seek personal help and assistance immediately. But for most normal people, if they just have some phlegm in their mouth, Rav Nissen Karelitz says it would be permitted to spit in the ground, Number one, that is a negligible amount. Number two, it is not your kavana to cause it to grow. Furthermore, the Ramam says, if you soak wheat and barley in water, these are a tolda of zoirea. Now, why? You're not planting the wheat or the barley. Why soaking it in water <clears throat> would be a tolda of zoirea? We'll come back to that in a little bit. Furthermore, the Ramam writes, any plant that cutting it promotes its growth, right? We know there's certain plants that by cutting it, it makes it grow more, like something called aspasta, or beets. So when you cut it on Shabbos, you're chayev doubly. Number one, you're chayev for koitzer, harvesting. And number two, you're chayev for planting. You're causing it to grow because it promotes growth. Pruning, if you prune a tree, so you're chayev for harvesting, and you're chayev for zriah, causing it to grow. 
Now here's an example of a Dirabanan of Zriya. We said you're not allowed to water plants on Shabbos. There's an Isser Dirabanan to draw water from a well on Shabbos with a pulley because you may come to water your garden. However, if the well is found in your courtyard and your garden is not there, then it would be permitted. Now, I was asked to uh, speak um, uh, a significant amount of time on Halacha Lamaisa, which of course is a very important um, objective, but the way I'm going to try to do it is by interspersing Halacha Lamaisa um, throughout discussing the principle. So, let's say I live in the five towns, and the five towns people have big backyards, and those little sprinklers, uh, it ain't going to cut it. Many people have a sprinkler system. Are you allowed to turn on your sprinkler, your sprinkler system on Shabbos or your sprinkler on Shabbos? And the answer is, uh, um, you know, obviously not. We just said that watering your grass is considered a tolda of zriya. What if your sprinkler went on before Shabbos? Are you allowed to... Um, have it continue to water your field on Shabbos. So actually, the Shulchan Aruch and Sinan on Beis Tifhei says explicitly, if your canal was open before Shabbos, you could let it continue to irrigate your field on Shabbos, even though your field is being watered on Shabbos, because you're not doing anything on Shabbos. Um, just a side point would be, this would seem to be a violation of a concept of Shabbos called Avsha Milsa. Avshamilsa means you're not allowed to have something take place on Shabbos, even though you set it into motion before Shabbos, if it is going to create a commotion. For example, to have a river power a windmill on Shabbos to grind grain, so even though technically you didn't do anything on Shabbos, it was set into motion before Shabbos, you're not allowed to do it because it's going to cause a loud commotion on Shabbos. Uh, moreover, an interesting halacha, which might be the most relevant halacha that we're going to speak out today, and has nothing to do with planting, is that even though you're allowed to set an alarm clock before Shabbos to go off on Shabbos, but it cannot be loud enough that it could be heard in the next room. Meaning it should only be loud enough that someone in that room could hear it. If it's going to be heard in the next room, this is a violation of the rabbinic principle that you can't set something into motion before Shabbos that on Shabbos is going to create a commotion. So why would you be allowed to have your sprinkler system start before Shabbos and continue on Shabbos? But isn't that somewhat of a commotion? So actually there's an interesting uh, differentiation that is brought from the Tzitz Eliezer, quoted by Rav Shalmazam and Orbach, that since it's only something which could be seen and cannot be heard, this is not considered a commotion that we have to worry about. Okay. So it seems like it, it seems like if it was turned on before Shabbos, it would be okay, but not to have it turn on on Shabbos. But uh, that would be okay. That's uh, that would be beyond the scope of today's shir. Where Moshe has a special heter for lights, but perhaps not for other items. Okay, so now. Now that we said that you're not to water your grass on Shabbos, and that's a tolda of Zriya, are you allowed to eat on Shabbos? You can eat outdoors, and you're going to wash Natila Yadayim on the on the lawn. Are you allowed to do that? 
So the Shulchan Aruch says in Simen Reish um, Shin Lamid Vav Sif Gimel, you're not allowed to do that, even though it is not your kavana to water the grass. Nevertheless, watering the grass is what we call psik reisha. Psik reisha is a concept that we're going to come to many, many times. And that basically means that if you don't intend for a certain result, but the result is inevitable, you're not allowed to do it. So even though you're not intending to water your garden, but nevertheless, it's inevitably going to be watered, and therefore you cannot wash your hands on the grass, and your garden will be inevitably watered. Now, an interesting halacha would be, can I wash my hands on my neighbor's garden? Because to wash my hands on my neighbor's garden, even though it's an inevitable consequence that I'm going to be watering his grass, but it's what we call psik reisha delaynichale. I don't really care to water his grass. I'm not interested in watering his grass. I don't get any benefit by watering his grass. So this is dependent on another principle in halacha called psik reisha delaynichale, an inevitable consequence that is not pleasing to me. And... We are machmir by psikreisha but there are opinions that it is mutter, and watering, uh, washing your hands on your neighbor's grass would be an instance of it. Okay, so now we're going to come to a very common shayla, a shayla halacha Can I have a picnic on the grass on Shabbos? After all, in all likelihood, I'm going to end up spilling my Pepsi, or my Coke, or my water, or whatever my beverage is, and all beverages, for the most part, water grass. Am I allowed to have a picnic on the grass on Shabbos? And the Ramah writes in, um, in that sif that it is correct to be machmir, not to eat in the garden on Shabbos if you're drinking water there. Because it's going to, the Ramah says, the Bekoishi Yesh Lizar Shalayiflu Shamayim. It's going to be very difficult to be careful that water doesn't spill there. So this is a very interesting halacha. The Ramad does not say it is prohibited to have a picnic. He says it is good to be stringent. Now, every observant Jew always has to know when something is prohibited biblically, when something is prohibited rabbinically, when something is a chumrah which is recommended, and when something is a chumrah that is just good to be careful about. This is a chumrah which is not um, obligatory, it's somewhat suggested that one refrain from having a picnic on the grass on Shabbos. Rabbi Ribiad in his book says that what's wrong with having a picnic on the grass on Shabbos? The water won't definitely spill. It's only possible for it to spill. I don't intend for it to spill. So this should be something which is called davar she'ina miskavin, something I don't intend for the repercussion. And it's not an inevitable repercussion. And we know that davar she'enoi miskavin on Shabbos is mutter. Something I don't intend to do on Shabbos is permitted. For example, one cannot use a brush to brush their hair on Shabbos because it's inevitable that you will be pulling hair out on Shabbos. However, if you use a very soft brush, a very like a baby brush, so then it's not inevitable that you'll be pulling out here. It's only very possible. So that kind of brush you'd be allowed to use on Shabbos. The Mishabruah says provided that it's number one, very soft bristles, and it's designated only for Shabbos use. Otherwise, it could be uh, considered a weekday kind of activity. So this is also an important halacha to know. 
that to take a regular hard bristled brush on Shabbos, you cannot brush your hair on Shabbos because it's inevitable you're going you're to be pulling out hair if it's a soft bristled brush, a baby brush, and it's designated only for Shabbos use, there may be basis for allowing use for that. So Rabbi Ribian asks, why can't I have a picnic on Shabbos? It's not inevitable that I'm going to be watering the grass. So Rabbi Ribian says, look, this is not a chumrah that is mentioned in the Gemara. This is a chumrah mentioned by the Ramah. And it's based on the fact that we're afraid you might forget and intentionally spill out your water on the grass. In my humble opinion, I don't think that's what the Ramah is saying. I believe the Ramah is saying uh, that even though it's not inevitable that you may spill water on Shabbos, it's bikoishi yeshli zahar. It's almost inevitable. And there is a parameter in halacha called, even if something is not psikresha inevitable, but if it's what we call karayv lepsikresha, almost inevitable. I mean, if anybody ever ate with children at a table, did you ever go through a meal where something wasn't spilled on the table? I mean, what's what's the chances? What's the If you're a betting man and you have kids at your table, I would bet a lot of money something's going to spill during the meal. And I believe that's what the Ramah is saying. Now, some of the modern-day poiskim say there may be basis to be able to have a picnic on the grass, especially... Raboisai, it's very common for people to set up their tables on sukkahs on the lawn. And it would seem that it should be prohibited based on the Ramah, because the Ramah says you can't eat directly on the grass because it's unlikely something uh, won't spill. I would say that perhaps a basis for leniency and being allowed to have a meal in the sukkah on the grass is having a meal on the sukkah is different than a picnic. A picnic, if you're drinking on the grass and it spills, it's going to spill directly on the grass. If you're having a meal at a table and you spill, it's first going to go on the table and then it's going to go on the grass. That is called grama. That is a kayach sheni. That is a secondary result. And a secondary result that you don't intend for is permitted. Let me give you the following interesting example. By the way, everybody doing good so far? Everybody having a good day so far? Good to hear. Um, watch this. This is Mamish. Unbelievable. It's Sukkot. Your shlak is like full of water. If you're going to dump that water on your lawn, you're really going to be watering the lawn. Are you allowed to dump your shlak that has like 10 gallons of water on it on the lawn? So um, the Chut Hashani, which is um, the Chut Hashani, is one of the great poskim in Bnei Brak, Reb Nissen Kareletz. He says, "Well, if it just poured, and your lawn anyway is saturated with water, you're not doing anything by pouring your shlak on the lawn and watering it more. So that would be permitted." Furthermore, says Reb Nissen Kareletz, even if your lawn is not saturated. Even if it's dry, if you're going to pour the water off your shlak, it's going to first go onto the pavement and then run off to the grass. That is also permitted. Because even though it's inevitable you're going to be watering your grass, it is a psik reisha because it's not your intention. And it's kayach sheni, it's a secondary force. You're not watering the grass. The water is going on the pavement. It's then drip, um, running off to the grass. That is mutter. 
The Rav Shlomo Zalman agrees. Let, let's explain the concept. It's not something you intend to do. It's an inevitable consequence that you don't intend to happen. Now, an inevitable consequence that you don't intend to happen is usually prohibited. But in this case, since it's a kayak sheni, it's a secondary step, it is mutter. You'd be allowed to dump off your shlak onto the pavement, and from there it will run off onto the grass. Now let's talk about... Um, but by the way, to have a picnic directly on the grass, even though there may be some basis for it, it would be better to put a sheet under you, and this way you would be fulfilling the Chumrah of the Ramah. Now the Yushalmi says, this is on your sheet on page 5, the bottom right-hand side, anything that promotes ripening, your chayiv for planting. So for example, an example would be, let's say you have roots that become uncovered or revealed and you want to cover the roots with dirt or you want to remove worms from the tree or you want to use smoke to kill worms that will promote growth of the tree these are all taldois of zoirea now uh, here's a very good case which uh, one might forget and unknowingly violate zoirea namely if you want to spray a plant with insecticide on Shabbos that would be planting because even a removal of a of something that's detrimental to a plant or a growth, which in the long run would promote growth, that would be considered uh, zriya on Shabbos. Now, the Rambam said if you soak wheat or barley on Shabbos, you're chayef for zriya. Why in the world would you be chayef for zriya? You're not planting it. So the Sefer Shvisa Shabbos has a very interesting way of looking at it. By soaking it in water, it renders it more fertile and more suitable for growing. So even though you're not planting it now, but you're you're enhancing its ability to grow when it will be planted, that's also part of Zriya. However, the, the Sefer Shalmei Yoinasan, he suggests uh, another way to look at it, which is uh, very interesting, that even though technically you're not planting it now, but the seed will be ruptured and in fact a filament will come out of the seed, a little string of growth will sprout forth from the seed, so that's also considered a violation of zuria. Now, let's conclude with um, some very important halacha lamaisa, and uh, very often people have flowers in their house, sometimes people like to be nice to their wives, and they buy their wives flowers for Shabbos, which is always a good idea. Because when you honor your wife, you're, it's like you're honoring the Shechina. So you come home, you give your wife a bouquet of flowers. She puts it in the water. Are cut flowers muksa on Shabbos? N-O. Cut flowers are not muksa on Shabbos. In fact, once a plant is detached from its root or its stem, it is not, it's not considered living. And Zriya Dairaisa does not apply. In fact... Flowers that are placed in water, you're allowed to take them out on Shabbos. You could remove them from their water on Shabbos. However, according to all Paiskim, a cut branch that has flowers on it, that have not fully bloomed, they cannot be put in water in the first instance on Shabbos. The reason is because putting them in water will cause the flowers to bloom further. And actually, as explained in this wonderful booklet, the flowers blooming and opening more actually is an enhanced growth of the plant. 
So to put flowers that haven't fully opened in water on Shabbos, that cannot be done on Shabbos because it will cause the flowers to open more. However, what if the flowers are completely... Can you do that before Shabbos? What? Can you do that before Shabbos though, even though you know it's going to sprout? Yes, you can do it before Shabbos. Sure. Now, what about flowers that are completely open? Can you put them in water in the first instance on Shabbos? The halacha is, it is a machloike. Some allow it. However, the Mishnah in Simen, Shin Lamidvav, seed liability violation. Or seed, seed, what was the other? Liquid violation. The Mishnah brings opinions. To put a cut flowers into water on Shabbos in the first instance, it has the appearance of planting, and you shouldn't do it. Now, what if flowers are already in water and you want to change the water or you want to add water, you cannot do it for the following very interesting reason. This is the Mishnah Simen Shin Lamed Vav Sivkatan and that is, it's called Tircha Yisera. It's considered excessive toil for something which is not really needed for Shabbos. You cannot change the water. You cannot add the water. However, what you can do is if the flowers fell out of the water, you could put them back into the water. Oh, but but we know if a tree fell out of dirt, you can't put it back in the dirt. That's because that's real planting. But to put cut flowers into water is not planting. It just looks like planting. But if it was already in water and it fell out of the water, you could put it back into the water on Shabbos. So, back to Sukkot. If you have a lulav, then you want to keep it fresh. And it was in the water from the beginning. You have a lulav. It was sitting in a, in a thing of water. And you took it out of the water to shake your lulav. You could put it back in the water after you finish shaking. If you have hadasim and aravais in a wet shmata, you could take it out of the shmata. You just have to be careful you don't squeeze it. And you could put it back in. But to put your dalad minim into water in the first instance on sukkis, you shouldn't do that because it looks like planting. Yes, but I'm talking about on Yomtif now, when they're not muksa, no. but you can, but you still can't plant. So you're right, on Shabbos it would be uh, muksa, on Yomtif it's not muksa, and you can't put it in water in the first instance, but you could keep it in water, you could take it out for the, um, the natila, and you could put it back in after. Okay, Marvraboisai, thank you everyone for coming today. So we're off to a great start, and uh, Baruch Hashem, we have Yidin from around the world. Thank you, everyone, for joining. We'll take a few minutes of questions. And uh, wish you a good day. Baruch Tia. Thank you very much. Thank you, everyone. Shkayach. Baruch Tia. Baruch Tia. Thank you. Okay, Baruch Tia. Thanks a lot. And uh, next week, the next Malacha. Kaltov. Yes. The question is, you said that